Hey, good morning, everyone. Anybody had a breakout besides Sean? I'm saying it is great when God blesses us, isn't it? Well, welcome, everybody. Pastor Tim here. I'm glad to be on the journey with you here as we start autumn. Anybody excited about fall? When I talk to people, they're like, fall is it. It's my favorite season of the year. And already there's some disappointed people. People say it's just too hot. Or, uh, you know, my bingles are now the bungles, right? Things are still. Uh, you know, there's lots of things in life that we really find challenging. But this is a great time of the year, and I'm really glad you're here. And today we are wrapping up a sermon series that we've entitled Escape. Escape. Because you know what? As we make this journey through life, there's all kind of hitches and glitches that we're going to face. There's all kinds of things that are going to come up. We're going to grapple with guilt. We're going to scuffle with sorrow. We're going to struggle with stress. There's all kinds of dilemmas out there. And oftentimes we are left feeling defeated and depleted. And sometimes we just feel like, you know, that we're in a tangled mess. And it's just like a set of Christmas lights. You know, Christmas will be coming. I think a lot of times people like this season because of all of the collars and all the sounds and all the days off you can have with all the things coming up out there everything from veterans day to columbus day to advent season and thanksgiving but you know there's always that one string of lights that's tangled mess you do your best to wrap it up really good and put everything nice and organized in the box but then you pull it out and the gremlins have been in there over the summer and sometimes we feel like an old string of Christmas lights. It's such a tangled mess. And lots of people today feel trapped. They feel imprisoned. They feel confined. And this sermon series is really about not allowing yourself to be defined by all those messes in life that are surely going to come into your life. And so we are really focusing on our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ because it is in God that we can find ultimate freedom and know true peace and experience great joy even with all the things today that threaten to bring us down. And we've been praying for you and encouraging you and really trying to help one another to break out of whatever it is that's binding you, that God might work in your life to free you from the chains, to free you from the handcuffs, from those things in life that have got you down. And so today, we are going to focus a bit on disappointments, because after all, many things in life disappoint us. And oftentimes, we're disappointed by the weather. Sometimes, we're disappointed by those events out there that we have no control over. Sometimes we're disappointed by all kinds of different things that go on in our life. But, you know, it seems like most often we're disappointed by people. And I got to tell you, there's a person in the Old Testament that really comes to my mind when I begin to think about disappointment with people. And it's a guy that just was absolutely a guru at this. He knew how to handle cranky, quirky people. Do you have any cranky people in your life? There's a guy that you can turn to as a wonderful example of how to handle it. It's a guy known as Moses. 
Moses was amazing at how he handled all the cranky people in his life. And so we're going to focus today a little bit on how to escape from disappointment. Now, I want to tell you from the onset, I got to tell you, there are amazing marketeers out there and promoters. Isn't it interesting how people seem to have our number when it comes to selling us stuff? There are people out there that just seem to understand our felt need, and they just seem to be able to sell us products uh, to satisfy us. Now, I want you to look at this picture. There are so many things out there today that we can take advantage of. And we get these messages all the time, use me, buy me, eat me, wear me, try me, drive me, put me in your hair. <laughs> if you've been to Walgreens or if you've been to Target, I mean, do you know there are 430 different types of shampoo that you can buy? 430, I kid you not. This is amazing. There's all kinds of options out there, and they all say, well, buy me to wash it, condition it, mousse it, dry it, curl it, straighten it, wax it, even Rogaine it. <laughs> Is your hair content? <laughs> if not, there's 429 other products that you can try. How satisfied are you today? Your hair's fine? <laughs> Well, I think we are perhaps arguably the richest, the healthiest, the best well-fed, housed, educated generation than any other in human history. But are we any wiser? Uh, think about it. Are we any more content? Are we any more satisfied in life? How many of us could say here today that I'm completely satisfied in my life? that I have no disappointment, I'm satisfied with my body, with my car, with my spouse, my house, my kids, my job, my friends, my walk with God. How many people here could say today, I absolutely, I do not have a single disappointment in life. I think we all can acknowledge there's things in life that we regret. There's things in life that we just don't have any control over. There's, there's things that fall into our life. There's mistakes that we make. And we need help today. We need to really totally surrender our life to God. Give all that ails us, all the problems that we bear, all the things that can find us to surrender that to the Lord. And so in Exodus, here a couple of weeks ago, in chapter 14, we really revisited this incredible event that defies imagination, but here we find these people, the Israelites, that were confined and in bondage for some 400 years. And God uses this person known as Moses, and the people are freed. And it's an amazing story as the people go through the Red Sea, and they find themselves escaping bondage. And as they've had this incredible relief, this incredible act of God, the power of God on display, suddenly that Delight determines to defeat. Now, there's an author out there, a U.S. novelist by the name of John Cheever, that said that the average American, there's one feeling that they have today, and it's the feeling of disappointment. And I want to piggyback a little bit on that today because I believe there's a lot of Christian people out there, and to borrow a title from another 
uh, author out there, a Christian author, Philip Yancey, who wrote the book, Disappointment with God. And I think there's a lot of disciples out there sometimes that seem to be stuck and they seem to go through some difficult challenges in their life and in their walk of faith and they have a little disappointment. And they're a little bit upset about how things are going. And we're kind of like Mick Jagger and the Rolling Stones. We can't get any satisfaction. Well, if you're here today and you've got some disappointments, this is the day for you. And I got a simple message, and it's this. Hang on and don't give up. Hang on and don't get up. Don't give up. Now, Moses was brilliant at how to deal with disappointment. And you know, there's a scripture that I want us to focus on, and it's not too many chapters away. In fact, it's just a few verses later in chapter 15 that we find the next leg of their journey here. And listen to just a few verses here in Exodus 15, verse 22. And then Moses ordered Israel to set out from the Red Sea, and they went into the wilderness of Shur. And they went three days in the wilderness and found no water. And when they came to Marah, they could not drink the water of Marah because it was bitter. And that is why they called it Marah. And the people complained against Moses, saying, What shall we drink now, Moses? And he cried out to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a piece of wood, and he threw it into the water, and the water became sweet. And there the Lord made for them a statue and an ordinance, and there he put them to the test. And he said, If you will listen carefully to the voice of the Lord your God, and do what is right in his sight, and give heed to his commandments, and keep all of his statues, I will not bring upon you any of the diseases that I brought upon the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. And then they came to Elam, where there were twelve springs of water and seventy palm trees, and they camped there by the water. Now, no one, I want to tell you, put up with more grumbling and griping than this guy known as Moses. Complaining was the favorite pastime of these Israelites. And it was the sin, after all, that really kept them out of the promised land. And they were especially quick to criticize their leader. Their philosophy was, when in doubt, just criticize Moses. And they did. They doubted his decisions. They challenged his commands. Every move the guy made, they were quick to complain. And this long track across the desert, you can be sure it was hot out in the desert. They had parched throats, probably lack of food, and the Israelites were always having a problem with water. Isn't that amazing in this section here, what's going on? At first, they were on the run trying to escape bondage. And they were surrounded by things. They had mountains on either side. They had Pharaoh and the army behind them. And there was this vast ocean in front of them, the Red Sea. There was too much water. And the Lord dealt with them and dealt with that water, rescued them and provided relief. And then they went a little further. They turned south and went out into the desert. And then they couldn't find a drop of water anywhere. And then finally when they got to the water, it was bitter. It wasn't worth drinking. These people really had a lot of plumbing problems. <laughs> a lot of water problems here in their life. But notice here what it says. It says three days. What happened in three days? They had come through the Red Sea and a great victory had just happened. An incredible miracle. And just in a matter of two or three days... Now, there's some principles that I want us to glean out of this here. I think I have found it as I was reading this text, and I've been thinking about Exodus. 
As I was thinking about escape, my mind kept coming back to Exodus, Exodus and how God worked in the life of the people to help them escape. And there's some lessons here that I have applied and some things that I have found in this text as I'm thinking about it and studying it. And the first principle is this, and that is success is often followed by failure. Anybody found that to be true? I know in the ministry, it seems like you take three or four steps forward and then you take two steps back. And you have this wonderful miracle, this great answered prayer, this wonderful success. And then all of a sudden, two days later, there's a problem that's confronting you again. And the, the people here are wondering, what's going wrong, Moses? Why did God lead us out here to Mara? Why do we not have any water? But notice in verse 25, it was here that the Lord tested them. You know, sometimes in order to realize the strength of an anchor, you've got to experience the wrath of the storm. And I think there's an element here of that that God revealed to these Israelites that he indeed was an anchor, was a rock of Gibraltar that they could rely upon if they would only release their life into his hand. And God's character, i got to tell you, is always revealed in the big crises of life, while our character is always revealed in the small crises of life. And here God showed his power at the Red Sea, but at Myra, where the water was bitter, it showed what the people were really like. God had already showed up on the scene and provided for them. And it said here that God led them to the test. Now, how many of us have been going through a test recently? You know, there's a lot of tests out there. And I know a lot of times when I'm facing disappointment... I realize days later, as a situation kind of unfolds, that, you know, I'm really being tested. How are you going to respond to the adversity that you face in life? How are you going to respond to those situations that come out of nowhere, that disappointments that's there? You know, it's a test oftentimes in life. And notice it doesn't say this about the Red Sea experience, but it's only here when there's this lack of water that suddenly develops just a couple of days later. And at Mara, the Israelites, they failed the test. They immediately grumbled and griped and questioned. Now, what does disappointment reveal about you? And whatever's going on in your life, whatever's happening around you today, what is the experience really teaching you about yourself? Are you really bearing fruit? Are you really developing that meekness? that patience, that self-control? Are you fully relying upon God for every aspect in every area of your life? What is your Mara this morning? Now, I got to tell you, the good old days. The good old days. Think about all the incredible advances that there have been. If you just stop and think about that for a moment, do you realize this, that we didn't have sugar until about the 13th century. All of you sweet tooth people out there, do you know that it was only in the 13th century that sugar kind of came out and was used? We didn't have coal fires until the 14th century. We didn't have battered bread until the 15th century. You know, if I'd have been born back before the 15th century, I, I tell you what, I live on bread. 
But we didn't have potatoes until the 16th century. Uh, we didn't have coffee, tea, and soup until the 17th century. We didn't have pudding until the 18th century. We didn't have eggs, matches, and electricity, you know, until the 19th century. We were without canned goods until the 20th century. I'm telling you, what do we have to worry about? What is there to complain about? There's been so many advances. We are afforded so many incredible opportunities, so many awesome amenities. The technological advances that have gone on is incredible indeed. And let me just say to you, your Mara today is really anything that is distasteful to you. That's what your Mara is today. It's the thing that once was sweet, but now it's turned bitter, and it could be a job. Maybe your job started out just great. You had a great boss. You, you understood what was to happen, and everything just worked out great, and then uh, some time passed, and you got a new colleague that just didn't really mesh with you, and, and you got a lot of extra duties on your plate, and all of a sudden it's turned bitter. Maybe it's a relationship. It was all harmonious in the beginning. There was lots of trust. There was love, but all of a sudden there's been some mistrust. There's been some things that have happened, and suddenly it feels bitter. Maybe it's another problem in your life. But you know what? Great successes in life are often followed, you know, by failure. And everyone that gets to the throne, somebody said, must put their foot upon a thorn because the weight of the crown is by the cross. And you've got to really taste the fall if you're going to taste the glory. But this is what the people do. They complain. Now, there are lots of stuff, lots of stuff that we complain about. And I want you to watch this next video here and see if it's familiar to you. So I pay $5 for a two-hour movie and then realize that my flight is only 90 minutes long. I mean, come on. I'm so tired. I think I slept too much. Honey, the fridge is full. My coffee mug is too tall for the curing. What am I supposed to do with my leftover chicken fajitas? I'm hungry, but I'm not like hungry, hungry. I'm not hungry, hungry. I'm not hungry, hungry. I'm not hungry, hungry. I don't even know if I'm hungry. It's 11 o'clock, and I don't know whether to eat breakfast or lunch. I think I'm hungry. I hate watching Blu-rays on this TV. It looks too real. I'm not even hungry. My phone is 4G, but we don't have 4G coverage where we live, so it's the worst. This is the worst. No! Oh! Oh! I clicked restart instead of shut down. I have to wait for it to start back up again so I can shut it down. I hate it. I'm like too healthy. I never get to use any of my sick days. Closet full of clothes, nothing to wear. My white noise machine broke last night and I didn't get any sleep. There's nothing to watch. There is nothing to watch. The bottom of my foot has been itching all day, but it tickles when I scratch it. I didn't finish brushing my teeth this morning. My battery died halfway through. I hate that. My hair smells like Starbucks. My hand smells like Starbucks. My iPad smells like Starbucks. That's the worst. Just shoot me. Ah, oh, just shoot me. Put me out of my misery. Kill me now. Just shoot me in the face. Wasn't I just chewing gum? 
remember spinning it out. This blanket doesn't have any sleeves. We are complaining, grumbling people, aren't we? We can really resonate here with these Israelites and you know this principle that success is often followed by failure is also accompanied by another principle out there that service is often followed by forgetfulness what have you done for me lately right in verse 24 so the people grumble against Moses saying what are we to drink Moses you brought us out here into this mess this hot desert you didn't think about that how Israel has a short memory here at this point what happened just three days earlier the Red Sea and you know three days later they had already forgotten about it and isn't that typical isn't it typical that when we come to a problem we forget all the things that God has done for us in the past what have you done for me lately it's amazing how we often see this played out in our life you know, oftentimes children forget their parents. If you don't believe me, just go to the retirement centers. And I'm telling you, children often forget their parents. Bosses, they forget their employees. Spouses often forget one another and take advantage of each other and so forth. You're going to really go to some things today with people in life, and they're going to forget it, and you're going to get disappointed. But not only that, not only sometimes do we find that their service is often followed by shortage and success followed by failures, but lastly, let me say to you that shortages are often followed by fullness. And here in this text, in verse 27, and then they came to Elam where there were 12 springs. And the Bible goes on to say there were 70 palms. 12 springs and 70 palms, I'm telling you, were palm springs. <laughs> I mean, all of a sudden, there is an oasis. An incredible provision from the Lord right out in the middle of the desert and they're out there walking and suddenly they come upon this incredible provision and it must have been amazing to see all of those palms there and I'm certain where there were palms there were probably dates and things to eat and they had the shade of the trees and notice plenty of water then they came it says to Elam it doesn't say that God brought them there Notice they had to reach it by keeping on going in spite of their feelings. And sometimes some people will say, well, I'm just too tired. Pastor, I, I've gotten tired. i got so many things on my list. There's a lot on my bucket list these days. And, you know, I'm just tired of going to church. And I, I'm tired of reading my Bible every day. I'm tired of tithing. I'm tired of doing this. I'm trying, tired of serving on this committee. And what do you do when you don't feel like doing those things anymore I gotta tell you you just keep on going now wouldn't it be interesting if you were to suddenly call your boss in the morning and say hey boss I don't feel like coming into work today uh, you know I don't want to feel like a hypocrite I'm, I, I'm just not into it today and I think I'm gonna take an extra day off this week and sit home watch HBO and eat a bag of chips I tell you that wouldn't go over very well with your boss right and you know we find out here that these people just kept on going. They kept on going. Now, in the Sinai, this is a paradise, and there, there's an oasis here. 
And it begs a couple questions. One is, how far is Elam from Mara? How far is Elam from Myra? And if you get out your Bible and you look at the Bible map, you realize it's only about four or five miles. It's not a long journey. Remember here, they had come across the Red Sea and in just three days, and in this time they were complaining about the bitter water, and God gives them a solution there. And then it says, then they came to Elam, and there was plenty of water. They gave in just too soon. They started complaining too soon. Now, here a few years ago, you probably remember the story of the airplane that went down in the Andes. It was a 747, and it crashed there, and uh, lots of people on board, and they didn't know what to do. They kind of surveyed the area a little bit, and they figured they were just there and confined, and they were just going into this mode of wait and see. The first responders surely will get to us, but then terrible things started to happen. They ran out of food, and you know what? They did these disgusting things like cannibalism, and they started eating those that had died. They didn't know what to do and how to survive, and when the rescuers got there, they were absolutely astonished to find that the crash was only six miles from a great resort. They were there 91 days, and they stopped, and they hunkered down, and they felt trapped. Elam is just around the corner. A surplus of water is just ahead. And yet they're complaining and they're ready to give up. And the lesson is simple here. We give up too soon. We throw in the towel too early. And I want to say to you, don't quit. Because the, another question here is, how do you get from Myra to Elam? And I want to say to you, you just keep going. There's a lot of time where I got to tell you, I don't feel like coming to church either. There's a lot of days when I roll out of bed, I've got a to-do list that's a mile long, just like you. I got things at the house. I got my bucket list. And, you know, I don't always feel like I'm excited and want to get here. But you know what? It doesn't matter because I'm committed to God. I'm committed to the church. I'm committed to you. I'm committed to helping people overcome and escape the same kinds of things that I faced in life. And, you know, a mark of really maturity is you just keep on going even in spite of those feelings most of the people I venture to say in life are they're doing their jobs and they don't at that moment feel like doing it, but it's a mark of maturity when you're committed. People who live by their feelings are immature, and I believe that God wants us to live by our commitments. Live by our commitments. God wants to work in your life today. So I want to challenge you here this morning. Whatever's going on in your life, whatever disappointment might be ex experiencing right now in your world, whatever thing's going on in your realm, whether it's a phobia, whether it's uh, some feelings of anxiety, whether it's some great disappointment with a family member, your children, whether it's a health problem, whatever it might be today that you face your fears, you look yourself in the mirror, and you place your faith in God, and you keep moving forward. I want to pray for us pray for you today maybe you've been here these last few weeks and you've been wanting to respond you've been asking God to to really work in your life and in the situation that you're in maybe there's a condition maybe there's a, a circumstance you never thought you'd be involved in and you need release let's just pray right now
Oh God, we thank you for these incredible stories out of your word, how they are so inspirational to us, how they really give us insight into how our life of faith should unfold. We pray, oh Lord, for strength today for the weary. We pray for wisdom today for the perplexed. We pray, oh Lord, for your peace for the troubled waters of our hearts. And Lord, for those that are here today that especially sense a time of disappointment so keenly, oh, we pray for your spirit to just have right away in the hearts of your people. We pray for those that are here today that need that release. We pray for those that are here today that are handcuffed. We pray for those that are here today that do not know the joy of sins forgiven. May this be the moment. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, as the band concludes here with a, a time of worship, I just want to invite you to, to come if you like for prayer this morning. We'll stand up here. We're others here that will join you in prayer. If you'd like to, to have prayer about anything going on in your life, why don't this be the day, the time that you respond?